Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Santa Clara High School's Roar, the podcast. I'm Theodore Wing. I'm a freshman at Santa Clara High School, and I am the staff writer for The Roar. I'm Matt Hexter. I'm a sophomore at Santa Clara High School, and I am the alt media editor for The Roar. All right, so before we actually get into the content of the podcast, let's go over our pronouns real quick. Real quick, I am he, him. Uh, yeah, I am he, him as well. So today we're going to be talking about our school and actually what happens here, our resources, and why they they could be better and their utilization thereof could be better. Well, yeah, so uh, let's, let's dive into a, a real easy topic to go through. Let's talk about the bad Wi-Fi here. Like, okay, Oh, yeah? Yeah. So, um, as many of you know, the district's Wi-Fi, there's uh, a few alternative ways to connect to it, such as the school's uh, SCUSD BYOD, and then, of course, the uh, district guest. Of course, and then also, of course, don't forget uh, the internal Chromebook connections. Yes, Chromebook has a dedicated Wi-Fi channel, I want to say. I don't know enough about Wi-Fi to, I think, to say I, accurately. Uh, well, I think it's like an Ethernet, but okay. it's only meant for, for the Chromebooks to be connected to. Okay. Yes. Um, needless to say, there is a heavy chance that they're they're all going to break, because you know, look, given the past times across campus, you know, numerous mm-hmm. times the Wi-Fi has uh-huh. gone out, and then yeah. students haven't been able to connect. It has broken before, just like completely out of the blue. Like we, this is, Wi-Fi is in today's world is something that we're pretty heavily relying on. Like we use our, like, for example, in like most of my classes, I'm on my Chromebook for the majority of the class. Now there's a few where we do most of our stuff on paper. Uh, but even then, uh, we still pretty rely, we still pretty much rely on Wi-Fi. And if that just goes out, then most of our teacher's plans are kind of foiled. Oh yeah, you got to consider most of the teachers have shifted on to uh, using the internet now. You know, back um, years back, you used to be on paper. Mm-hmm. Things would be now, but sorry, things would be um, just you write it with the pencil and a paper, and they give you worksheets. But in this present day, it's a hybridization, but more of a dependence on the internet, especially since um, the district's Wi-Fi is not the best in terms of connectivity. Right, and it's not. Also not the best in speed. Now, I don't completely blame the district. The U.S. isn't exactly ahead in internet speed. But the, our school isn't ahead in the U.S.'s internet speed either. Oh, that is true. That is true. Well, I believe the the district runs their own Wi-Fi network or are dependent on the uh, services, you know, from Comcast for education, for educational things, you know, mm-hmm. how they usually tend to give free Wi-Fi out in hotspots and whatnot. But you have to keep in mind, the district does run a lot of these um, networks across numerous schools. It's just that um, with the quality, it's just not the best. Very slow speed sometimes. Right. Uh, and the science building, which is, for those of you who don't attend our school, is very in the very back of the school. It's disconnected from the rest of the stuff, and it's pretty isolated. Um, the Wi-Fi there is always just egregiously horrible. Um uh, luckily, uh, science classes are the classes that don't all too heavily rely on the internet. But whenever I do need my, my Chromebook or to send an email, then it's just easier to use my phone and the data on there. Although, for some reason, the data manages to get even worse in this school. But I think that's a problem with my provider. <laughs> Honestly, I think I think it's just more of the coverage because if you enter the school, it it just goes bad really often. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, um, especially since, like, let me check. Like, my phone right now has got one bar, 
and sometimes it's going to dip and just go straight silent. But right. I have a feeling that's just more of how the campus works, you know. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. theory is that uh, that there's like either one or two cell towers that most of their phones are going to. And there's like 2,000 plus students here all concentrated. So if 2,000 plus phones are trying to connect to these two cell towers, they might be uh, overwhelmed and such. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, but back to bad to the bad Wi-Fi. I mean, the school does it's it hasn't been breaking down a lot, but it's it's enough to keep um some people on edge for to say. Right. It's decently reliable, but like Theo just said, it's it's unreliable enough to cause discomfort. Yeah. Um honestly I feel like we should have a more bigger investment into this, you know. Um right probably convince the companies or the district to start upgrading their own infrastructure uh-huh. but again there comes the issue with cost especially since how um covid and everything has changed a lot of stuff right but hey that's just my two cents <laughs> <laughs> yeah, internet is at this point replacing paper and if it's something that everything uses and all of our student uh excuse, yeah students and teachers use then we should have a better, more reliable, and faster infrastructure to handle it. Of course, of course. Well, all right, let's move on to our next topic. Uh, what you got for us, Nat? Uh, well, so the uh, school loop and loop mail. So we've already talked about this, uh, per se, Wi-Fi. Uh, well, we've already talked about technology. Like we've, we've talked about the Wi-Fi aspect and Internet aspect of this. But the resource itself also has its many problems. Scaloop as a website is extremely outdated and it's, it's, it's been seeing minimal updates since we've used it for like, I think over a decade. Yeah, if I'm on budget, I believe you did write an article on this, didn't you? I did. It is online. It should get published anytime now. Read it. <laughs> of course. But um, going back to Scaloop, you see, um, the entire district currently runs on Scaloop as a service provider. Right. I'd say I'd say it's on par with a bunch of other educational services, you know, mm -hmm. that has their own integrated um, email systems. It also has, you can see your grades, your teachers, and all of that. And then it also gives you the ability to go to your school's websites. Right. But, uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's not too important. Go ahead. Oh, yes. But um, just school up in general, it's uh, it does feel a bit outdated. There's not much you can really do for it. Because it's already being overshadowed by things such as Google Classroom. Right, right. And for those of you who don't know, good news. Uh, as of this summer, uh, our district, I believe, will be replacing School Loop with something called Blackboard. Blackboard, you say? Yeah, I, I go more in depth about it on my story. I don't want to overlap too, too much. Uh, I've also said in my story that School Loop is one of actually the most expensive resource or application, I should say, the most, most expensive application that our, uh, I believe, district uses. But again, I don't want to get too deep into that. Oh. And in this school, I'm sorry. No, 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 actually, because I believe the district does um, use this universally across all their school campuses. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, yeah go ahead with your all right, so yeah, we, we see kind of a pattern here. In this school, and maybe the district, uh, we don't only see maybe subpar resources, but we also see even worse utilization of those resources. Like, think, like the resources themselves, yeah, they can have flaws, but 
it, it, those laws are, are made even worse by the fallacies in using those resources. For example, this campus is a big campus. We have lots of area, lots of space, lots of room, except in between the buildings. There are just a bunch of empty concrete spaces. Oh, yes, the concrete spaces, yeah. Um, in terms of space, this, uh, this campus is about the same as, say, any other high school campus, um, you know, across Santa Clara, I'd say. Yeah, it's but a pretty average size. It is pretty average size, but um, there's lots of open spaces for students to interact. Mm -hmm. But then when you go into the hallways, that's where things change. If you if you ever take the time to look in between the in between the windows, you can see the uh, you can see the dead end asphalt. It's like right in the middle of all the hallways. There's nothing in there. It's just completely dead. Right. And for those of you who don't attend the school, uh, our school's main building is formatted kind of like a grid. And uh, well, the, this grid isn't full completely filled in, and then there are empty spaces in between the lines in this grid, and that's what we're referring to. Our school hasn't done anything inside of, this, uh, inside of these spaces, uh, with the exception of this one space has a wooden planter now, a, I believe a plastic shed, a picnic table, and uh, unfortunately the planter used to have a weed, but now it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go on uh, decoration day. <laughs> but yeah, um, I actually, this hallway is r right adjacent to the quad. But um, it's only opened. It's only opened ever so often on, for actually no, it's it, it's opened during lunchtime and then sometimes open um, in uh, fifth or sixth period. Right. We run on a block and schedule. You're right, and inconsistently at that, it's not always open. Yeah. Um. But I'd say that it's very sparse decoration. There's nothing much around it. Right, and it's just when you're walking to your next class, you look over, and all you see is this utilitarian block of completely nothing. It's kind of depressing, and I mean, we can use this space to do something nice, like maybe a few planters, uh, benches, plants themselves, not just the planters. Um, maybe a tree or two. You know, we can make it look real nice. Add some in lighting and, and shelves. Well, I don't know about shelves, but you know, just add some stuff there. Well, yeah, I do agree with that because, um, like, if you look at it now, it's kind of like a prison block. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, you just look outside and you just kind of see nothing, just the vast emptiness of space right there. Uh -huh. I mean, the last time I ever saw that was, you know, probably during cleaning where they took all the, took all the tables out in classrooms so they could be uh -huh. cleaning in the classrooms. But, I mean, from other than that, it's, just, it's kind of just there. Mm -hmm. I mean... Let's think about it. There, there, there's, there's a planter over there. We could technically devote that, tear up all the asphalt in there, maybe switch it out for yeah. some either fake or real grass, and yeah. actually, you know, plant out some trees to make it look nice. Yeah. I mean, um, let's put it this way: um, the school has a lot of nature, but it's in yeah. the back, and then especially right. on the uh, there's like a tiny little garden, not much um, stuff in the front. Right. If we put this in the hallways, you know, hey, why not? You can, it can, it, it would be both visible to students on the, uh, while they're walking by and then, you know, as they pass the school. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, if you're driving up to the school, the first impression you get is just concrete, glass, metal, asphalt. It, like only, the only detail that there is, is this giant Bruin head on the side of the amphitheater. <laughs> Big Bruin is watching you, huh? Big Bruin is watching you. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it just 
looks like a generic high school. That's kind of the point we're selling across here. Um, but, you know, if the school ever does consider um, doing some renovations, maybe convincing for some donations or maybe a grant from the school. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, maybe consider uh, giving, the, giving the little empty spaces in the hallways a little bit of love. Right. Uh, we like this school is an extraordinary school full of extraordinary people, but it doesn't look so. If you just take go around the campus, all you really see is just average American uh, architecture, and we could really add something into it, you know. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, uh, let's look at the lunch spaces too. Um, uh huh. Yeah, cause. Um, oh, right, right. So there's in most students can eat in the cafeteria, the quad, Uh even in the back where the science wing is, but perhaps we could eat in the hall, in the hallways, you know, there, um, in those empty spaces, there's, you could, there already has like a few tables out there. Why not add a few more just to complement that? Maybe some umbrellas or whatever to shade them, especially during a heat wave. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, really all that we have there is just a bunch of tables in the middle of an area. Well, they do add grass and they do have, uh, little planting er- little areas of plants and trees. I do give them that. They did, they did a decently good job with that. But the trees that we do have are less than a meter across and are almost always have no leaves on them. So I mean, they, they do very little <laughs> as for shade. With the, expe- with the exception of the redwoods. Don't we have? Oh, yeah. yeah, there's there's like one redwood near the uh, yeah, yeah, near yeah. the gym near the gym. You're right. A few, a few of them actually. It's a nice sparse little space. It, 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 it's a nice nod towards California because we're famous for our redwoods. Of course, of course. Um, I'm not sure. Does the gardening club have any other spaces to plant? I don't know. Actually, you mentioned that garden in the back may be there, but don't quote me on that. Well, actually, because I've been there a few times, but um. I can't really tell if it's kept by the gardening club or by school maintenance. See, um, yeah. the planters, the sp- we could probably place a few more, maybe grow some stuff for culinary. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but um, besides that, nothing much to say. Nothing much to say. Yeah. And um, you mentioned we were talking about school loop for a little bit. Yes. Uh, that's something, one of the things that we spill a lot of money on is school loop. Now, I'm not... Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to get, like I said, too far in depth with this is because I've already written a story on it, but, um, school is the most expensive application that our district uses. And that's something that a lot of our potential resource money, uh, it goes to there. And then same thing with the Chromebooks. Now, like I said, there's 2000 plus students here. I believe every, every single one of them with maybe the exception of a, of a, of a, of a few dozen have been provided Chromebooks. Now, Chromebooks usually cost around the $300 range. So I'm going to use quick calculator math because for some reason I can't do uh, math in my <laughs> head. Uh, that is 300 times 2,000. It's 600000 So Ooh. potentially $600,000. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe we get a, a discount. Maybe the school gets discounts because it's a, it's a public service and such. And so just roughly now, do not quote me on that because <laughs> I don't know. I, I, um, this is like 
not every student needs a Chromebook. I mean, of course, there are students that do. And for those who do need Chromebooks, we can hand it to them. Uh, I know this is kind of a flimsy argument on my part because uh, I've just mentioned how reliant we are on it. And we are pretty reliant. Uh, there's a good portion of students, however, that are use their own computers and bring that from home. And if we can just have... Uh, more students do that that can, then it would spare the school a lot more money and just be able to have us be able to improve our education and our learning environment. Well, remember, not every student has the financial ability. And, you know, some, right, are, right, very, right. some are very concerned, you know, especially with theft and all that. That is a problem, yes. Yes, but um, doesn't the school have like one of those forms that you can fill in to ask for a Chromebook? Or does every student get one on enrollment? Uh, well, my experience may have been different because my freshman year was during uh, distance learning. Oh, that is right, yeah. Yeah, you're a, you you joined a year later. Um, so I was just given a Chromebook. They didn't ask at all, but... Uh, I, I think that's probably what was expected of students, you know, um, because of internet and all that. But uh, I, think, I think they gave me a Chromebook... Um, just you know when I when we came for an orientation, yeah, that's that's what they had us do pretty much. They just had to swing by and pick up some stuff, and in that stuff they snuck in a Chromebook. They, they didn't really communicate to 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 us about that. Well, honestly, I don't really um, think much about that. You know, that's probably for the benefit of the students. Yeah. But then, speaking of communication, <laughs> of course, speaking <laughs> of communication. Yeah. Teachers to student communication is good in the immediate net necessities, such as school and assignments and stuff. Relatively so. Of course, there are exceptions. Um, there is a big problem and a big gap in communication, and that is from admin to students. Uh, for example, uh, break days. I personally don't know there is a, a break uh, or an exception of the day or a change in schedule unless a teacher tells me. And they usually don't until either the day before <laughs> or like a week before. Like, uh, for example, at time of recording, this is the Friday of the the day of the, the week before um, spring break. Yeah. Yeah. yeah spring break. It's a, it's a week off. And I did not know about this until Monday of this this week. I mean, they do let uh, that's actually I'm not sure. I believe the principal does send out, you know, brew and country alerts, you know, just to tell the community stuff. But, uh, you know, you don't exactly know about the breaks unless you actually take the time to, to look into it yourself. Right. I mean, it's this kind of passive. I mean, yes, there are things that I could do to find this out, but these aren't things that students do to find this out. Um, and we don't get stuff communicated to other stuff communicated to us like uh, apparently thursday the day before today of recording uh was culture day and so a bunch of people not even like a bunch of people like less than a quarter i would say came to school dressed based off of their nationality and their culture really yeah yeah see you, you don't even know the I, day after <laughs> I, yeah no i was not aware of that because um, I only dressed up because my because my music teacher, you know, said it was going to get hot and then, you know, just to dress all tropical, you know, to get in the mood. Right. Yeah, I had no idea. And personally, I'm very nationalistic for the, for the, the Netherlands. Long's over late. 
Uh, that was Dutch, by the way. So if you're if you didn't understand what I said, then that's why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I uh, just really would have been happy if I could show pride for my nationality. Uh, like I have a Dutch flag at home. If I knew it was Culture Day, I would have brought that thing and waved that uh, and waved it like there was no tomorrow. I mean, I feel like that's the thing with ASB though, because if it's Culture Day. Usually, ASB would coordinate that or let you know of it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm, albeit, there are daily announcements, but, and almost, I think both of my classes, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah one of my classes uh, that I have the announcements, because we have a block schedule, and the, the classes that we have during the, the time that we have announcements changes from day to day. Uh, one of those classes uh, have students that are really loud, and so I can't hear a word that comes out from these announcements. And of course, that shows like there's a big flaw in announcements. Sure, they're nice, but they're not good enough to work solely by themselves. Well, I mean, a bunch of schools do the announcements. It's just the students, you know, if they're willing right. to listen. Um, but I know for sure that the school does provide like. A sort of brief summary from the announcements from time to time. Yeah. In fact, they've actually started redoing it um, maybe for the past few months, maybe April and March. But I, I noticed there was like a dead end of activity like in the interim in the interim months, you know, in between during the winter season. Not much mm-hmm. not much was posted on the summary, so you couldn't exactly know what was going on. And honestly, I'm not sure that's a problem with ASB or with administration. But I feel like both should probably work together to keep that consistent and daily instead of, you know, sporadic. Right. And we need to have a – if we were going to find out or get something else, replace the announcements, and we need to have a system that allows us to have passive investigation, I believe is the right word. Uh, students uh, want to know when there are break days, off days, and, and holidays, but – we don't want to actually go out and look for them. So we're passively searching for this stuff and rather than actually going out and doing it actively. Uh, so the announcements work in that sense. You don't have to actually do anything to, to listen to the announcements. But uh, when, of course, there's a lot, lots of students talking loudly, that, that brings the problem in there. Like There are other resources, but those require active investigation. You have to go out and find them. Like There's a calendar, and like Theo said, sometimes there are summaries. Well, actually, it's, it's more often, but, you know, that's only since it's got kickstarted back up again, like in the past few months. I see. Say two to three. But, um, ah, I mean, how should I put it? It's, uh, there's probably not going to be a system to outphase the announcements anytime soon. Right. Yeah. yeah the, the announcements are actually a pretty good system. They're, they're, a pre- they're a pretty good system. And then, you know, we can know if we just check school loop often uh-huh. on the board. Um, Honestly, I'd say it would be nice if the school did print out like the district calendars, but um, wait, it's probably a waste of paper. I honestly, I'd say it's more if if the school could provide uh, an easier way of us accessing the calendar without having to do much work. Mm-hmm. Like say maybe make some copies available in the office that we can right, see. Right. 
Or um, maybe hanging up little announcements on the doors of classrooms saying, hey, there's a... Uh, there's a break or something. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You have Friday like, off. Uh, yeah. Um, just either the school, the students say it or whatnot. But honestly, uh, we're going to have to work that out one way or another. Right. And something else about classrooms that poses a big problem is the climate control therein. Yeah, it feels a little hot out here today. Right. And... um. <laughs> To quote one of my teachers, who will remain unnamed because I didn't get the permission to be quoted, <laughs> uh, it is an armpit in lots of classes, uh, lots of the times. So now there's the again, if you don't attend the school or if you just don't know, there's a box on the the, the near the entrance or the thermostat. Right, right. It's a thermostat <laughs> uh, with a lever, and this lever has eh, say 45, 35 degrees of rotation, and so you can. Uh, move it all the way up for hot or all the way down for, for cold or vice versa. I don't know how those work. And um, the, they, the construction people or the people who were stalling them at least uh, told the teachers that these things were extremely sensitive and that you can have like uh, extremely customizable temperatures because uh, the teacher, what the teachers were advocating for was an actual thermostat, which you see in like your home. Like you, like you, you can rotate them. Yeah, or yeah, you have a specific number that is displayed on it. Yeah, I think that would have been more nicer than what we have right now. Right, because yeah. Yeah, yeah, because um, there's only it, right now it's just pretty much two conditions: hot, cold. That's right, it. right. That's the bottom line. It's Boolean logic. It's, it's a one or a zero, right? And one is hot, zero is cold, and it's one of those two or neither because the AC doesn't even always turn on or the heater doesn't always turn on when we request it oh i mean uh, uh i don't know how to say about that that's probably like some sort of cooling system built into there i hope prevented from overheating or probably a maintenance error <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i mean eh, that's just a bit of an issue because you have there's students that's going to be coming in from pe that's going to be burning up and then there's students uh -huh. that are cold and then you know winter and summer and all of that and then it's always going to be one or the other instead of being customizable to to an extent where both agree with each other. Because um, you could try and manipulate it by opening some windows, but yeah. uh, that doesn't always work all of the time. In fact, actually, some, some, uh, some teachers probably would rather open the windows than use the air conditioning. Right. In my English class, the windows are just perpetually open. Wow. Yeah. It is what it is on that one, really. When they do install it, honestly, I feel like it would be better if they had just something like the uh, switchables. Not switchables. That is that is a bad word to say it. Uh, the dials. That's the dials. That's the word. Oh, I'm yeah. The dials would be so much better than the levers. Right. Right. Yes. And uh, you, you can have like a wide range of choices. Of course. Of course. It would be a much better choice on that one. And of course, ideally, they have the, the system actually work. <laughs> That, yeah, I remember that. I remember that the heaters went broke one time. Okay. Yeah. What's the air conditioning? I don't know. And one of my classes had to blast on the heater for the entire time. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Not, no, not a good, pleasant experience. For yeah. Some. Yeah. There was this one diary of a wimpy kid book where there were. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Quoting true literature. Yeah. Their, their engine or radiator broke or something. So they had, they had to. to blast it. It yeah. Yeah. Burning up inside. Yeah. They had to blast the heater 
to have the engine cooled down because that's where the heat comes from in your car heater, unless you have an electric car. Uh, and it was a hot summer day, so the people inside the car were just sweating really badly. They were burning up, you know. But um, climate control, it's just really down to everyone's preferences. You know, there can be people feeling hot, people feeling cold. Yeah, yeah. But all in all, if, if the district switched to something where it would be equal for everyone, they could easily customize the temperature without having to deal with much pain, that would be fine. I mean, sensitivity, sure, that's everything. But remember, if it's too sensitive, one, one little tap and the entire thing breaks. Yeah, uh, and that's really what all of our points boil down to. It's, it's if the district, and if the district does something, then all will be well. We'll be jumping for joy, you know. Everyone's going to host a party, lots of pizzas and whatnot. Then it's just really coming down to the district and how they would be able to manage. Because remember, the district is responsible for giving us the money. We're just there to give, the school is just there to provide the education. Yeah. So... We'll just have to wait and see on that. Mm-hmm. And okay. if oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. sorry, and if the district does end up deciding to do something about it, hopefully we can improve our school bit by bit until it's more perfect. Exactly. Yes, I've heard. Um, actually, this brings me back. Um, there's this campus, Peterson Middle School. It used to be a high school, but then got turned uh-huh. into a middle school. Um, they tore down. They actually tore down the gym and tear up the and tore up the uh, swimming pool. And the tennis courts. That's extreme. I mean, it is. But because they wanted to move the, where the gym and the swimming pool was to where the tennis courts were. So they had to get rid of the trees. <laughs> it's it's kind of sad. But oh, now, this, eh, we could, there could have been a way to save the trees. Yeah, they, they solved a minor problem by, by creating a much worse one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, sure, it's costly to replant the trees. But it's there. And, you know, it provides the shade. Perhaps those trees could have been moved to Santa Clara. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we would have gladly taken them. For real, for real. That would have been really nice, really nice. Right. Okay, guys. Well, yeah, that pretty much brings us to the end here. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to the podcast. We have plenty more on our YouTube channel. That's SEHS The Roar on YouTube. We have a Twitter, Instagram, and a Facebook, I believe. Uh, so, yeah, that is all for this time. I hope you guys enjoyed, and I will see you in the next one. Like Bye. and subscribe. Yes, please do. We are. We need likes to, uh, serve, uh, I guess, uh, yes. I, I don't know why I didn't say so. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Bye, everyone.